Hi, everybody. How are you? Thank you so much for joining this class as being learned as a special schos Rafua Shalima for Mardechai Ben Rifka, Sarabas Zipporah Leia Rifka. You should have a Rafua Shalima Bakarov, as well as Rafua Shalima for Mushka Rus Basbil Daba Makadasa Bas Mushka Rus and Chaim Daba Ben Shingle, Rafua Shalima. Also, this class is being learned to the special Eloy Nishmas, Yitzchak Isaac Ben Pinchas. Also, for Aaron Mayer Ben Shalom Ezra, special Eloy Nishmas. It is just about my grandmother's yard site, Hannah Devora Bas Asher Enzel. Also, for Yitzchak Menachem and Romero Levi, Figamal Bas David Yitzchak Ben Moshe. Their Neshama Shavan Aliyah, Esther Bela Bas Yitzchak Mordechai, their Neshama Shavan Aliyah. And... For Shaduchim, Ali Zafradal Bas Leiblima and Yitta Bas Adina Chava. They should find the Zivakagin Bakarov. Okay, so today we all know tonight is actually Asar B'Tavis. Tomorrow is actually the fast day of Asar B'Tavis. It's actually, you know, the fast, Arab Shabbos. And I was trying to, I, I, there's something very significant about tomorrow. And I remember growing up, not really knowing so much about it, knowing, you know, the basic, that that was the day that the siege was made around Yerushalayim and it was the beginning of the end. But it always didn't, it, it just, it never, like, it was this kind of fast where, you know, if I had a headache or, you know, if I, you know, I, it was always like I grew up, Yom Kippur, Tisha B'Av, those were the fasts. And the other ones were, you know, and I heard a bunch of years ago, I don't know from where, I'm still trying to find it, that there's something so significant about tomorrow and about the fast, and it shouldn't be taken lightly, it should be taken very seriously. And then also to understand it is the shortest fast of the year. It's the shortest day that we have a fast. So really, it shouldn't, it should be taken seriously and fasted. And I'm, again, I'm not saying someone has a headache, if someone has a reason, talk to your Rob, your husband, whatever you do is beautiful. But just something to understand about tomorrow being that, you know, it is important to understand that tomorrow it's brought down. The Hassam Sofer says that in Shamayim, there's a court, there's a base in Shamala that's going to take place tomorrow or it's taking place right now because now it's already, you know, um, Yud Teves, Aserba Teves. And it's going to decide whether or not we des- are deserving this year of a redemption of Mashiach coming. So it's a very serious time. And the Hassam Sofer continues to say that just like there's in the based in Shalmala, a court case deciding on the, on the redemption of Klaisal, there's also court cases deciding on our personal redemptions. So we all have requests. And they're all different Yeshuos that we're all waiting for on every level. Everyone knows someone who needs a Fushlema, someone who needs a Shirach, someone who needs Parnasa, someone who needs Shalom Bias, someone, we all, we all, we're all davening and we're all asking and begging. And tomorrow is a very special time to daven for these things, for the Yeshua of Kla Yisrael, also for our own personal Yeshuos. So it's just something very, very, you know, it's a big deal. It's a very big deal, and I really hope this year we're gonna. It's gonna come out good, and we will be zocha, and we will finally, finally, finally be redeemed. But that is just something you know to really understand, and also to understand. You know, this week's parsha. We all know it's parsha Vayigash. I love this parsha. I really love all the parshas, but it's that time where you know Yosef reveals himself to his brothers. And it's brought down that Benjamin and Yosef, when they met each other, they hugged each other in such a way. It was such a, 
it was such a reunion. It was like, you know, they're all each other really have. And they, they're the two brothers from Rachel and they hugged each other and they cried and they cried and it's brought down. What did they cry about? You would think they cried about all the lost time. You would think that they cried about, you know, just what happened and how did Binyamin and not, and, and not realize that it was being sold. All that transpired through the past 22 years. But no, they weren't crying about that. They were crying about the Horban. It all comes back to the Horban. They were crying about something that was going to happen. Yosef and Binyamin, they couldn't believe it. There was such a feeling of such closeness and unity at that moment. And they knew it wasn't going to last and that we were going to fall apart, Kalei as a nation, and lose the Achdas. And that was what? They were crying about. So, it, of course, we have to remember the Horban tomorrow. And, of course, we have Asarabatavis tomorrow during this time of this week's Parsha to realize that that is what Hashem wants from us. More than anything, Hashem wants us to be Ba'achdas. You know, I saw that clip. I was looking for it also. There's this um, guy. He's a guy. He's not even Jewish. He's very, very high in the social world of, I don't know, Instagram or something. He has like a trillion followers. And he outright said, he said that the Jewish people, that Hamas brought the Jewish people together, that they're united. And he himself said that, he go, he said, Hamas shouldn't be the ones who are going to keep the Jewish people together. Hashem, the Jewish people should stay together for Hashem. And I was so inspired by how he was talking. First of all, also the fact that, you know, there's a lot of people that are like against this kind of talk to be so outspoken and so pro-us. But it was very exciting. It was very nice to see, and very inspiring. That if a guy is looking at it, like, uh, like looking at us, like, yes, we need to be united. It's like, yes, we really, really need to work on our achdos and loving each other and ahavas yisrael. And you know, there's this connection. I read this from Reb, uh, Rev Eliyahu Svei. He says that what happened when the brothers heard Ani Yosef? All of a sudden, their entire past 22 years just like became clear because from the minute they sold UCK they had a little bit of like you know bad feelings they thought you know at some points maybe we did the wrong thing I don't know it's not like things aren't really so beseder but when they were selling Yosef they were 100% sure this is like Das Torah like this is like they were they were Talmudia Chacham they were holy holy people and they saw things so clearly and what they were doing was righteous and it was for Hashem and all of a sudden the words Ani Yosef everything just like clicked and the dread and the nausea that followed through to them, that they were like, oh my gosh, we had it wrong the entire time. And every single thing that Yosef said was 100% true. All of a sudden, it became so clear. And Rev. Eliasui said that after 120 years, or hopefully before then, Hashem is going to come, when Mashiach comes, and Hashem is going to say, Ani Hashem. And all of a sudden, this whole world that we're living in, this world of, you know, what we need to get for ourselves and acquire for ourselves and something that I did. And if my friend, you know, um, gets in my way, it's going to look like she's better than me. And it's, you know, and I need to make sure that like everything works out for me. And I don't know if I could really be friends with this person. I don't know really if I could be business partners. I don't know really, I don't know if we could do a shit up with this family because really it has to look good. We start to like in this world and it's very human and I get it. And I do it also. We start to like think or no reasons why we, we start to feel like we're in control. And we know how things should go and how things should be. But really, if we would have the proper understanding to know really how little we're actually doing in our lives, that we're really that hamster on the wheel that's just kind of, you know, going and talking that it's really Hashem, then it's going to, it would be so clear to us. It's going to become very clear. The minute Hashem says, Ani Hashem, it's going to become so clear. And I feel like I don't want to be like, oh my gosh, I'd have that nausea feeling of like, oh my gosh, I had it wrong the entire time. 
I, my, my, my priorities were so wrong. It was all about like, you know, accumulating the finances and, 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 and making myself more comfortable and, and, and like just getting so caught up in all the wrong things. Just to read a little bit from here, it says, he says that all of the little squabbles and arguments and jealousy and hatred come from the fundamental misunderstanding that we think that we are doing things or that we don't do enough or that someone else does too much. We think that this that this impacts what will happen to us, but that is not the case at all. So those two words, Ani Hashem, will show us what we are living our lives for. Furthermore, he says that when we realize that Ani Hashem means that Hashem created the world, the Chod Shamayim, we will come to realize that if I'm here to honor Hashem and you're here to honor Hashem, shouldn't we work together? Shouldn't we be trying to help each other to reach our end goal? Our end goal is the same. Shouldn't my success be your success? Shouldn't your success be my success? Shouldn't we work as a team, not against each other, even though, of course, we don't work against each other. We love each other and we're so happy for our friends. But it's hard. It's hard when friends, you know, when there's something that someone's davening for and then their friend is answered and it seems like Hashem, like I'm davening for my friend, but also for me, like, you know, it's, it's hard, right? When we work together as a team, you will try, you try to fill in your friend's lackings. If you're trying to climb Mount Everest with a team and someone didn't did something that wasn't smart, you'll try to fill in. Yeah, we're all on a team, we're working on a goal, and the goal is the Chvochamayim. When a person has a full understanding of Ani Hashem, he lives his life in a totally different way. Everybody on their own level needs to refocus on these two magical words, Ani Hashem. It's just something to refocus on us on and to like remind us, like, okay, it's really. We're just doing our hishtadlas. Everything is Hashem. We're exactly where we're supposed to be. No one took my shidduch. No one took my parnasa. No one took my house. No one took anything. No one took that outfit, even though I saw I was in the store and she was holding it and I really needed it and I really just turned around for a step. Hashem gives us exactly down to the tiniest, tiniest tissue that we need. Hashem is deciding, right? Okay, we just need to remember. And it's a good time now to remember and to do some introspection. Also to understand that Asar Batavius was the time when the siege was put around and it's brought down that if this if this fast would fall out on Shabbos, we wouldn't push it off. But interestingly, Tishabab, if it falls out on Shabbos, we push it off. So we're going to not push off something that was just the beginning of the end, but when the actual end is actually happening, we push it off. Isn't that interesting? And the answer is, I heard it, I read it in this great book that the Hassam Sofer explains also that if an earthly king was given the ability to make that initial push towards the holy city, it means that in Shamayim, the ruling was allowed to do so and that the Horban had already started. And it's all about that first push. It's the beginning of the end. And we always think like, okay, I'm just going to like, you know, I'm really good, but I'm just going to like, how many times are going to start? I'm on a diet and I'm doing well. I'm on a journey and I'm eating with the right things. And I like, I look at the chocolate. I look at the kakash cake, the babka. I don't touch it. Right. And then I just say, and I'm just going to have like a tiny crumb. The minute I have that crumb and that little lick of chocolate, I'm done. It's about, it's murder. It's murder to stay away from it. So that's why tomorrow was extremely significant. 
and I'm like jumping back. I'm sorry. I'm jumping back. That's our TV. They started with the parashaki, but it's all connected because again, Binyamin and Yosef, we were crying about the Horban and tomorrow is, you know, the beginning of the Horban. So it's all connected, but it's to understand that that's what the Yitzhahara does. The Yitzhahara gets us to say just one time. It's not really you. You don't really watch these kind of shows, but just, just once because you have to unwind. And if you're going to unwind, then you're going to be a better mother. And if you'll be a better mother, you'll be able to be a better wife. And the Yitzhahara puts all these thoughts into our minds and builds this makes this huge picture of why it's good for us. It's actually a mitzvah. And it's just once. And that's where he gets us. It's that push. And that's why tomorrow, today, right now, was that push, that beginning of the end. So, yes. So it's just something to just know. Okay, so yes, we know Hashem wants us to be ba'achdas. He wants us to love each other, to work with each other. We're a team. If my friend finds something, a great sale and a great pair of shoes, I should be happy for her. Those shoes are for her. I'm supposed to find a great deal in shoes. Hashem will send it to me, of course. It's, it's all These are all like silly, you know, physical, gashmiistic things. But it's all connected. It's all connected. It's Let's try now, this week, tomorrow, to really work on Anabasvina. It, it always... It all comes back to that. So much comes back to that. Now we all know the famous story when Yosef was in the room and Yehuda was like, I'm done with you. Like, I'm going to destroy you myself. And he starts to repeat the whole sequence of events of what happened. We were just coming for food. We just needed to help our father. And then you arrested us and you thought we were spies. And he was going through the whole story. First of all, like Yosef knows what happened. I mean, Yosef did everything, right? He's the one who accused them. Had them come back with the with the goblet, with Binyamin, with the whole thing. So why all of a sudden it's like Shimon? Uh, uh, no, Yehuda is not telling Yosef anything new. But suddenly, when he tells him the whole story, he breaks down. He can't contain himself anymore. He sends everyone out of the room and he tells everyone, "Ani Yosef." He tells his brothers, "Ani Yosef, So we learn from that that a lot of times when we're in a situation, we don't see the whole picture. And all of a sudden, when you kind of take a step back and you look at the whole picture, like let's rewind 10 years ago. We started out here and we were here and all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh. And the whole thing makes much more sense. So that's what happened. He kind of gave him the whole picture and Yosef blurted out on Hashem. And we all know the famous, and this I love, and I try to remember this always and always, that the brothers fell on their faces. And there are so many different types of explanations. They fell on their faces. They fainted. They died. Hashem brought them back to life. They didn't recognize them because they didn't have a beard. He did have a beard. He did. But what I love to remember when it comes to this week, what I learned from Mrs. Ami Yagubi, that they fainted because they couldn't believe that they put boundaries on the power of Hashem. Because in their mind, there was no way, there was no way, Yosef, someone who was sold to slavery, they witnessed him being sold to slavery, is going to now be able to rise and become royalty. There was no way. And so in their mind, they didn't recognize him because it was impossible. So they realized that they put a boundary on Hashem's capability and they were so beside themselves. How could we feel in this bitachon and not have bitachon that Hashem can do anything? No matter what, no matter when, no matter how, Hashem can do anything. And that's something that we need to remember. How many times do we put a boundary on Hashem's capabilities? How many times do we say, no, that's not possible? Yeah, okay, I know. I, I feel like I, I really would like to have this in my life, but I need to be realistic. Well, what's realistic when it comes to Hashem? Nothing's too hard for Hashem. And I love to say this word. Hashem has a plethora of ways to help you get what you need or to not help you, to give you what you need. Because Hashem gives us everything. We do nothing. We're not doing anything. We're just puppets. 
We just do our hashtadlas. And it's something to remember when we put boundaries on Hashem and we say, nah, you know, Hashem, like, I'm davening for this. So if you could just like, no, daven for everything. And Hashem can give you everything. We need to believe. We need to believe in our hearts and our minds and not to put boundaries on Hashem. Like the Khalidi, Suri. Suri the Khalidi. I keep miss saying her last names. I won't even say it this time. But Suri, she always said, whoops. She always says, never say never. If ever. I always think about that. If ever. Dream away. You know? We all have our, our lists and our dreams of what we want for our families and our, our homes and, and, you know, kind of bias that we want to build. Dream away. Don't put a boundary on Hashem's capabilities. Never bind Hashem to anything natural. Hashem can do anything. And that's what really got them. That's really what took their breath away and what made them fall on their faces. This idea that they actually put a boundary on Hashem's capability. Now we're all waiting for our salvation. Everyone has their personal, you know, everyone has something. So I love this mashal that, you know, everyone's waiting for their train. Everyone has, you know, it's davening for whatever it is that they need at that point in their life. It's their train. They're waiting for their train to come so they can get on and finally have their Yeshua. So what do you do when you're waiting for a train? You go to a train station. I heard this from Asami Yagubi. You heard it from her friend. I don't remember her name, but you go to the train station, right? So you do your hishtadlos. You go to the train station to catch a train. Then when you're waiting on the platform, there are these chairs, built-in chairs, right? So you can have two people davening for their train. So they go to their train station, to the train station. They're both waiting on the same platform. One sits down on those chairs, in those chairs. I remember back in the day when I used to ride the train. And sits down, takes out their needle points with the gorgeous silver glittery thread and starts to needlepoint a hal cover, a sitter, a tefillin bag and starts to create and knows that the train is going to come exactly when it's supposed to come. And then you have the other person who goes to the train station because who's also waiting to get on to get onto their train that they're diving for. But they're nervous and they're worried and they're looking at their watch and they're looking at their phone and where's the train? And oh my gosh, and I'm going to be late and I need to get there. Now, we know the train is going to come the minute it's supposed to come. Who's driving the train? Hashem is driving the train. Hashem is going to send the train exactly when it's supposed to come. I know I tell this to myself like I'm like, this isn't new, but it's good to hear again. I'm talking to myself. Hashem will send it the minute it's the best time for us. Not a minute before, not a minute after. Not like there's a conductor. Like I'm going to call MTA and have this conductor fired. No, it's Hashem himself who's driving the train. So what are we going to do when we get on? When the train finally pulls into the station and we get on, you have contestant number one. She gets onto the train. She's calm. She's relaxed. And she has a gorgeous color cover ready to be, you know, put in the leather binding and ready to be used for Shabbos. She created, she cultivated during that waiting time. There's a lot of waiting time. But we know, we know that a Jewish woman, we, we're, we're Jewish women, we wait. Rachel waited, the other Rachel waited, Leah waited. It's about waiting, but it's about what do we do while we're waiting? Are we cultivating, creating something beautiful? Or are we just a bundle of nerves and like, we, we come on to the train all disheveled. And then it's like, oh, why was I so worried? Like, it's here. It's fine. We need to remind ourselves. We need to remind ourselves. So that's the Parsha in a nutshell.
And just to end with one more thing, we know that when Yaakov, Par, when Yaakov meet, Par looks at Yaakov and says, oh, you look terrible. And Yaakov says, well, you know, I had a very hard life. I lost my son. I lied. And my, you know, I, and he started to be very negative. And we all know that every negative word that Yaakov uttered, a life, a year of his life was taken away from him. And every negative word that caused, that he caused Paro to utter, another year was taken from him. So we ask ourselves, one second, does it mean that anytime I'm negative, where I'm taking years of life away, obviously, Hashem judges everyone according to their level. So based on my righteousness, maybe it's diluted much. Is that how it works? So the answer is no. Hashem doesn't take away a year if every time we're talking negatively. That's not how it works. But if you think about it, negativity saps life out of us. Actually, just by the trait of being negative and looking at things through a negative lens and being, it saps the life, it, it saps the life out of us. And so it does, in a way, shorten our life, literally and figuratively. Figuratively, because like, you know, no one negative, it's just, it's just so negative. It's just so no one wants to be around negative people. No one wants to, you know, hear negative people. And when you're negative, there's anxiety that builds. And we all know anxiety, you know, um, raises the cortisol levels. And that's just very, very unhealthy. And there's studies done scientifically that people who are nervous and anxious all the time, they're just unhealthy, less healthy, I would say. So we should try to be as positive as we can while we're waiting in the station for our train Remembering that not to put a boundary on Hashem, remembering what Asara Batavis is about, that we should tap in tomorrow to this very, very, very special and holy day. Think about the Horban. Do Tshuva. Davin for Mashiach, for the Klal. Davin for our own personal redemption. Let's remember that Hashem wants us to be Ba'achdos. Without Hamas, we don't need Hamas, Hashem. Enough with this war. Hashem, watch over the soldiers, the hostages. Enough with this war. We got the message. We got it. We love each other. We're one. Let's try, let's, let's, you know, and let's show it within our own community. You know, I told my classroom, like, you know, you think like, yeah, I love everyone. I love everyone in Eretz Yisrael. They're great, right? All the, this type of dancing with that type and that type of dancing with this type. But I'm like, but look around the classroom, girl. Do you love each other? Because that's also part of it. That's also the actus Hashem is looking for. And I feel that, you know, never, we never get old. It never, this never gets old. No pun intended. Uh, you know, I don't know if she should be part of it, if she should join. I don't know if she's my type. Let's try to be ba'achtas so that Hashem will decide tomorrow in the based on Shamala, the decision will be stamped and it's going to be like, yes, this year is going to be the year. Let's remember to never say never, if ever. Don't put a boundary on Hashem like the brothers did. Never, ever, ever. And what are we going to do? Cultivate and create while we're waiting for our train? Or waste time with worry and anxiety? And let's remember, any minute, any second, Hashem will finally reveal himself with the coming of Mashiach. And we will finally hear the words, Ani Hashem. Let's be ready. Wishing you all a meaningful, fast, and a beautiful Shabbos. Thank you so much.